0: We've been called many things. Two peas in a pod.
1: Thelma and Louise.
0: Best friends. Thing one and thing two. And a good number of times, even sisters. But the one we love the most is mother and daughter. And that's the tea.
1: What's the tea, Nia?
0: Is that's the tea. That, that's but the tea.
1: But I don't get it.
0: Never mind. I'll explain it later. Welcome to Real Talk with Deb and Nia.
1: As a friendly reminder, you can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss out.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk with Deb and Nia. I'm Nia. And I'm Deb. (laughs) Uh, And a happy Wednesday, It'll be February 1st by the time you guys hear this. So happy one month down (laughs) and 11 more to go. Didn't that go by fast? (laughs) Uh, So as a reminder, our theme for this season is surviving to thriving. And we're looking at the many ways in which we can thrive and can find our way back to joy, especially after tough times and hardships. So in our last episode, we had our last two Let me say two parts. We had mindset and clarity coach Janine Deanna, um, who walked us through the steps of how we can design our lives around our core values so that. You know what we really, truly want, and what is truly important in our lives gets done, and we're not overwhelmed by all the little things—the things that we say yes to that we didn't really want to say uh, yes to. Hey, do you want to b- bake this cake? No, you really don't, but you said yes. And <laughs> it's about making our yeses count. Yes, making yeah. our yeses isn't wasn't that a, a Titanic quote? Anyway, um <laughs> anyway uh so yeah if you haven't heard those two episodes we so 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 would encourage you to go back and listen to them Um, uh, we went down a lot of rabbit holes that proved fruitful and just really enjoyable um and she's just such a great guest and we're so glad that she kicked off this fourth season um so <laughs> yeah right four seasons <laughs> Woo-hoo. uh what are you
1: gonna say something No, you know what? I just thought the Four Seasons, that's a restaurant (laughs) in New
0: York.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're top notch there (laughs) in
0: the year of the Four Seasons. (laughs) Uh, So today, um, our guest, our next guest for this journey, Surviving to Thriving, is going to be talking about how we live in joy. How do you do that? You know, we we say it, we have a lot of really cute lines that go on water bottles and planners, but how do you stay in joy? How do you, Get into joy, especially thriving during the craziness surrounding you, whether it's personal or external, you know, you look outside at the world and you're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? You know, how do I, as a past guest, Lisa Susswein said, stay in our bubble and Mm. just work through that. So yes, our guest is a beacon of light and a lot of light and love. And we are excited to have her on the show. So I will let mom introduce her.
1: And it is my privilege (laughs) to do so. This is going to be a really, really great chat. It's a wonderful topic and this is a dynamic guest that I think you're all going to enjoy. So who is she? Her name is Dion C. Monsanto. She is the chief joy connector and founder of Joyous Ocean, and she connects people to their joy. As a best-selling author, life transformation coach, speaker, mental health advocate, and performer, she creates the space for her clients to safely realize their goals and build better versions of themselves, and that is what we all want. Dion's belief is that we can collectively change the world if we each build a joy-filled, healthy body to support the lives we want to live. In short, Dion helps people live life in joy. With her support, her clients right size their bodies and their lives. After leaving a successful financial services career, Dion turned her passion for yoga, as well as her love for dance, into a bubbling six figure business and has inspired communities and transformed clients all over the world. The Dion effect has reshaped bodies and lives in six of the seven continents. She is a native New Yorker though, but a global citizen. As such, she has been on TV, radio, and in print. Her most recent features were on PBS, CBS, and in Time Magazine. She currently sits on the National Chapter Leadership Council for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, or the AFSP, and works closely with the New York City chapter. She's a serial helper who loves cooking, music, and laughter. She sees them all as moving meditation.
2: Welcome, Dion. Thank you so much. I'm like, that person sounds nice. I want to I wanna meet her. Don't you love that
1: when you hear yourself reflected back to you? It's something we all should have happen, right? Like we'd be more in joy. Right. Because <laughs> right. all of a sudden we see ourselves differently. If someone is playing with our toy. And we, got ah, you can have that. And we watch them with it. And all of a sudden, we want that back. The toy looks different on them. So our lives look different to other people. It'd be so nice to have that reflected back. So it is my privilege to reflect your dynamic
2: self back to you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Dan. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. No, my pleasure. And there was something, both of you, I really appreciate you echoing the term enjoy, because in my book, 101 Ways to Live Life in Joy, I'm particular about the spelling that it's capital I, capital N joy. Like it's that if you feel that when you eat something and it's so good, you're chewing and it looks like you're just in it. It's not you're not enjoying it from the outside. It's a full body. I jumped in the bowl of ice cream experience and you're just like, oh, this is so good. That's how I want to experience it. Like inside.
1: inside. You know what? That's so funny you would say that because how often is it that we really enjoy anything? We sit at a meal and we've got how much time before we have to do that next thing or half the time we can't even say, well, what did you eat yesterday? We don't sit with our stuff and I, my hand is raised. I'm guilty. I'm definitely guilty, especially when you have a lot of things on your plate, both in life and literally on your plate. It's a great reminder to kind of take a step back and have every moment be a potential to be in joy. So uh-huh. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. So no one knows about you beyond this because I don't uh-huh. even think this does justice. Uh-huh. To, Thank you. I really, 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 truly, I don't think that it does. And it really doesn't. Oh gosh, your life is so big. There's so many things. We'll start with you switched career paths. Yes. So Absolutely. you were probably in a situation where you were super stable financial. Absolutely, everybody. You know, that's in that. It's like that's where the money is, yeah. And you tend to be paid a little bit more, but you're really stable. And you move from that to something more out of the box,
2: more out of the box. Definitely out of the box. That was a really pivotal moment in my life. So I was between two firms, Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan Chase. My degrees in accounting. I actually love math and I love numbers. I thought I was going to be a CPA, and uh, after I mentored with someone, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, not going to do this continuing education class. I'll can I can play with numbers, but not the CPA thing." But in my career at Morgan Stanley, it was transformative, and there are lots of things I learned in terms of business acumen. I got married and had a child while I was there, and then the big thing that happened for me is that ultimately my child died. My daughter died by suicide. So in my bio, when you talk about me doing work with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and talking and speaking nationally and internationally and being on TV and in print, a lot of it is about the mental health advocacy because I lost a child to suicide. And that aspect of a parent, like thankfully I do have two other children, but I lost my daughter. You know, I have my two boys, but I lost my girl. And I still will tell people I'm a parent of three, one of them is not living. And that was the pivotal moment for me in which I had changed. There are lots of things and quotes that I have. And what I really got from my daughter's death, and I say it a lot since there have been a lot of deaths in the past few years in my personal life and globally. Mm -hmm. death is a reminder for the living to live and the way I was living at that point in time did not feel as though it was in line with my values and who I am in the world and how I show up for people and I felt as though I couldn't change the corporate culture but I had changed so in terms of um One of these things is not like the other, trying to, you know, round, a round peg in a square hole. I'm like, there's just, uh, you know what? I can't change the culture. This is not the right place for me. And it was really one of the best decisions I made. My kids were mortified. I remember them. They were like, are we going to be able to keep the house? I was like, life is going to be fine. Life is going to be fine. But it was ultimately, I don't fit here. I can't move in the way they want me to move and maintain my commitment to myself. I had gained a great deal of weight. So sometimes, and I know a lot of my clients, you really thrive in your career. You're thriving in terms of the accolades and the promotions. And you get to the point where you're an officer at a large international firm. And you're like, this is great. And then you look in the mirror and go, who's who's that? Where did, where did she come from? where are these extra pounds or where are these bags under the eyes or the wrinkles is like, how did I transform physically into someone I can't recognize? And that was me as well. So I always jokingly say, since this is audio, like I'm five feet short since I was 11 (laughs) years old. And that at that point in time, prior to leaving, I had hit just over 200 pounds and on my my minute frame, it was a lot to carry, but my body was echoing where my life was. And after such a pivotal loss, it was like, you know what, something's gotta change. I've got one life. I only had my child for 15 years. I'm going to do things differently. And I'm going to encourage other people to do things differently. That was a mouthful, but that, that was at the core of my leavings. Like I can't function in the same way that I used to. And then I gave it a year off. I went straight into yoga. I left in March. I went to yoga teacher training in April. I graduated in June. I started teaching in June. I've taught in more countries than I can imagine at this point since that was 2012. My daughter died 2011. I left corporate in 2012, became a yoga teacher, and have taught and traveled internationally. I went back to uh, corporate for a little while. Per the request of a former uh, boss, who was also a good friend, and it was like, oh sure, being the serial helper that I am, you're saying like, I'm in this new position, I need a staff that I can trust. Why don't you come over here with me? You're vetted, you know, tried and true. We can do this together. Like, all right, I can do that for you. I don't, I don't know how long I can do that, but sure. And then about a year and a half in, I was like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. And I waited for a while and then ultimately walked into her office, had one of our fabulous one-on-ones to make sure everything was ready for the team, right? Because since I'm her right-hand person, they, we need this. I have my notebook. We check off the things. I know what we're doing in every area. I close my notebook and she's getting up. And I said, nope, I want to speak to you about something else. She tilts her head and looks. And I was like, I want to formally put in my resignation. You know, and as you said, you know, they pay you more. It was like, you're supposed to stay. I made this kush, but what? I said, I don't have my resume done. I am not, there's no competition. I am not going to another firm. I will go back to teaching yoga full time, but I will stay until I can train a replacement. I'm not giving you an end date because I don't have anywhere else to go, but I know I need to give you notice and you need to start looking. So, and that was such a shock but it felt so empowering. So I have been 100% figuring it out for myself since May 15th of 2015. So I have not gone back. So as as of now, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, we're going into this eighth year. May will be the eighth year that I've been 100% self-employed, 1099, consultant, but I have not gone back to corporate. And it's very freeing Sometimes I get annoyed with Dion being my boss, but I love her. So I keep it.
1: <laughs> I said that to someone the other day. I'm a really bad boss <laughs> to myself. You know, what do you mean you need a Saturday off? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the truth, but it's different than if someone had you come in to their office on a Saturday because you're still making the decisions based on what it is you feel comfortable yeah. doing. So yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah. Before we move forward, one of the things that was coming up for me, and it's probably crossing me as too. You got to a place, this tragedy happens in your life and you make a decision that, Oh, it's time to live. A lot of people, tragedy happens in their lives and they contract they don't expand they don't say it but their behavior kind of says life has now stopped what mm-hmm. do you think was the difference for you did you automatically move to that place or was there a moment did something happen and you said ooh you know no it can't be this what happened no, that's, that's a
2: great question there there were a couple of things so i i generally give credit to the therapist that i had at the time i think she was phenomenal um she's still phenomenal We've spoken recently, just as figuring out how to partner as, you know, Black women. And she had felt for a while that it was a toxic environment and I didn't feel empowered to leave. I think that my daughter's voice, Seaway, Seaway's voice was a part of it because another friend of mine, there was a blog, there was a, a weekly column and my daughter was one of the writers. And in this blog, they were asking young people, so it was Seaway and it was Nyree, what were some of the things that were important to them? Like, how could parents motivate their children? And he was like, well, we need to see you doing what you say you're going to do. And I was like, well, dang, you know, it's like, you tell us we can be anything we want to be, but then you don't go be anything you want to be so it's it's probably better off for y'all to just say, we support you, we believe in you, but don't tell us you can be anything. You can do anything if you're not doing it. She was like, nobody ever comes home from work all happy and bubbly. like I just had the best day at work. I love my job. So that was one of her last articles. It was something that I really sat with, going, okay. It's like, you only live once. People say that all the time, YOLO. And I had this phenomenal gift of a child who was very present and very clear on what was important and could articulate it and write it out. So verbally and written could give this message. And so it was those, it was like, this child said it. And even when I was in, ther- in therapy, they were like, the therapist was like, oh, family therapy for her, um, I don't remember. I can see the woman's face, but she was like, oh, you probably should be home. And I was like, I would love to be home, but I'm in the house. I've got three kids. Like, I don't exactly see what I'm going to be doing at home. That's going to pay my mortgage and take care of these three kids. And my daughter was adamant, like my mother would stay home or she could stay home. I'm like, thank you, child. I'm, I'm glad you know me. Um <laughs> I, you know, created that experience for myself. And there were aspects like before I was in financial services. And while I was there, I cooked, I packed lunch. So tightening the belt was not something I was unfamiliar with. I already had different side hustles. I had managed a yoga studio. I'd been in a dance company. I'd been in a dance, dance captain. I got my yoga teacher training. I was teaching at different studios, still doing all that. As one of my girlfriends would say, I had my nine to five, but I also had my five to nine. So I was an entrepreneur while working for somebody else. I was a coach while working for them. So now it's like, all right, girl, you're going to give this a shot right now. And you're going to see how this turns out. I did not leave on bad terms. It's not as though I would have a challenge going back to any institution that I've worked for. Quite often, I do hear from people like wondering, you know, if I'm available, like, "Mm, no, thanks. Thank you, though. I can come to a speaking event. I can do a book signing. You know, there are things that I can do. And I recently did that at Amalgamated Bank. And it was, again, somebody I used to work for, got a new job, got a new position. are going to bring you in. They're going to love you. All right, thanks. I get to show up and be me. I get to be me 100% of the time. And I couldn't be happier about that because you know what, Deb? I like me. And that's... That's something that
1: not a lot of people can say with full heart. We say it. Oh, I love myself, but we're not nice to ourselves. Yes. We're better to the other people we love. So it's sometimes it's time to reevaluate how nice we are to this person. We say we love.
2: Yeah. That was even all the years I was teaching yoga, even while in corporate. I, that's something I would say to my students. I'd say, you know what? Um, Go into this and have thoughts like you're talking to your best friend. So do you know how your friend tries something and they didn't do it really well? And you're like, oh, Nia, that was great. You looked awesome. No worries. It was fine. And then you look at your mirror, look in the mirror at yourself and go, oh, girl, you need to do better. That's not right. So I tell them, you need to talk to yourself like you're your own best friend. Because spoiler alert, you are your own best friend. All so forces and heavens willing, you'll be stuck with yourself for at least 90 years. So you better like something about you.
1: <laughs> a lot about you.
2: hmm Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if you can't figure out something, then it's time to go deeper because you'd go get to know someone else better. It's time to do that.
2: Yeah. Doing that inner work. That's so much a part of it. You know, whether it's journaling, meditating, um, the books that you're reading, affirmations. I love that so many people will use my book as an affirmation uh, to just open it up and see what comes, what message comes up for you for a given day and see what that is and do that work. What's the reflection? Even a card, I have decks and different things. Just like, I believe in you. And to look in the mirror and be like, I believe in you because we like to hear it from somebody else. But we have to pour into ourselves and fill our cup. So when we pour into someone else, we have something to pour and we're not on empty. Like it's easy for me to give and be a serial helper because I'm clear on my self-care and my self-love. in going through the tenets of how do you get to this point, connecting to your breath. As a native New Yorker, I know I have a speedy cadence and I have to catch myself and slow myself down and take a breath. In teaching yoga, stop and take a breath. Teaching and being a dancer, take a breath. At everything in our lives, the breath is a foundation. And some people take really shallow breaths. They're not giving their body even enough air. So if you're not physically in your body, it's harder for you to connect to joy. If you're packed on with toxins and health challenges, getting healthy, healing physically, taking deep breaths, drinking water, being hydrated, you know, decaf coffee is not water.
1: And what does it take? A gallon of water to neutralize the effect of one cup of coffee.
2: Wow. Wow.
1: It's something like that. I might have the amount off, but it's a whole lot more than anybody's chasing (laughs) coffee with. So yes, Mm -hmm. that is so, so true. And about the breathing, I was interviewed last week and we were talking about a lot of things, including transitions. And she asked about self-care and self-care for me has really been a journey. I told her I had to get past the fact that, oh, a mani-pedi and a massage, that's not the extent of self-care. And realizing that, you know, a phone call with a friend that nourishes and refreshes you. But one of the things that it came to me was that, I said, you know, I would find myself not breathing. You're talking about shallow breaths. But like where you go, oh, girl, yeah, breathe. Because you're so tense and you're so intense that you're not breathing. So intentional breathing is a really good practice.
0: It, yeah. it changes your
1: awareness of whether you actually are breathing,
0: picking up off of your breathing, because movement seems like a really big part of your teaching and your coaching business right now, and you were saying breathing is that one of the reasons why movement is so important and crucial in in your teachings.
2: So much of what I've done above and beyond uh, being trained is also inspired by my personal experience, and I am a really uh, fast paced, energetic, mobile person. So I feel as though I see the magic in me and I notice the difference if I'm sedentary and especially so many key learnings during the pandemic where it's like, okay, people are supposed to be in the house. So you're in the house. And I was like, but there are parks, there are open spaces. There are places to go walk places that you could go walk safely and really getting into, okay, I'm not going to be in a yoga studio. I'm not going to be at a dance class. Like what are the things, these things are still important to me. They're not important to me because there are other people around And then it's the magic. I feel there's so much magic in moving your body and there's so much release that occurs. Most of us in terms of understanding, you know, ancient technologies or ancient healing methods and wisdom, sweat was always a part of it. That's true. Right? And then you talk about businesses and, you know, those of us being self-employed, there's sweat equity, right? There's effort that you're putting into it. So that part about the water and what goes in needs to come out. It doesn't happen unless you move your body. And then when we talk about a pl- being in a place in our life, Nia, where we're stuck, if something is stuck, you need it to do what? Move. <laughs> so it's really important to create that connection. So and I don't force people to exercise like, what is it that you love? Let's customize what works for you. And so it could be a combination of what Deb just said, having a healing conversation with a friend. You could do that while going for a walk. And you might not even notice it. So the energy of I'm chatting with my girl and she's in, I'm thinking of um, Morgan and Vanessa with Girl Track, right? One's in Ghana and one's in DC, but they're still on the phone having these conversations. And that was even me. I was in Kenya talking to my girlfriend, Myrna, and doing video chat, showing her where I was, but just an energy of connecting, There's something going on and that sharing. So if I can say, Nia, I'm having a rough time with this. Can you help with that? And we talk through it and we walk through it. And it's like all the things when you want to create something and make it happen. What are the adages? Roll up your sleeves. You know, there's your body. Your whole body needs to be invested and involved. So that's a big part of it for me, hearing it, interpreting it, feeling the difference when I'm sedentary and what that needs to look like, how I'm pouring into myself and having a better conversation with my body. And the self-care part, I agree with you, Deb, that the, the aspect of, yes, the manicure, the pedicure, all that's great, but it could be running a bathtub. It could be a long, hot shower. It could be sitting still. And listening to your favorite song while doing nothing. There's so many ways to tap in. Uh, Listening to music while you walk. Listening to podcasts while you walk. My Um, head is shaking for those that you can't see us. Yes, yes, yes. All of that.
1: Down to the walking, talking to a friend as well. You look up and you are going, oh, wow, there's my 30 minutes. And I got to talk to someone who makes me love who I am when I'm in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. That's, that does something for me.
2: That's a big thing right there because some people are so solo or so insular that they haven't built a community or they haven't built trust in their community. So if you, Nia, see me in a different way than I see me, if I'm like, oh, I'm so horrible, I'm so fat, I'm so ugly, I'm just not smart enough, I need to, do I'm really down on myself. And you're like, no, you're really great. I love you. Your skin is awesome. And you're pouring into me. It was like, Nia's Something wrong with Nia. She don't see me, you know. But if you build a community and it's like, I trust this person, I trust this person, I trust this person, and all of them are saying these things. Why is it that I can't see that? What support do I need so I can see that and have a reflection of myself that mirrors the reflection that my community has of me? And sometimes it goes the other way. You need to have such a strong sense of self when somebody goes, mm-mm. You know, you need to lose something crazy. You know, you could be a hundred pounds, and they're like, you need to lose like, uh-uh, home home. twenty. You. <laughs> like, uh, uh, leave the first twenty will be you. Right there, the
1: first twenty will be you because that's yeah. not a friend. I no. You said something really important. You know, we have on our vision board variations on the same thing. She has a different version, but on mine, it's like I love my tribe. And then there's the village and that's outside of that, but it's a small tribe, but it's a tribe of people with whom I resonate. And I think we vibrate at the same frequency, you know, or within that's the right. same range, right? You talked about people being more insular with all of this social media. There's the illusion of connection mm-hmm. for many and they're living their lives out loud, but they don't have that community of people that they can have that real personal thing where they don't have to have be that Facebook perfect. How do they get from insular to connection?
2: My children, um, my boys are definitely not as social as I am in terms of who they are and the creatures. but it's having those one or two people. so it can be a really intimate tribe and it could even be someone that you love following that you read. I remember uh, Jack Canfield, "Chicken Soup for the Soul," and I'm going back to 1990s. I'm going back to cassette tapes, 1999, and cassette tapes, and um, listening to a lot of his words. So I have never met this man. He don't know me from Adam, but he was someone that I listened to. It was eight cassettes, I believe, and listening to him helped me get to know myself and the work that I needed to do. And that was going to be beneficial in my growth for my family, for my workplace. Um, and then ultimately, years down, uh, since so I'm going back to 99, so in my current career and life, but helping and speaking and listening and learning and connecting. Because nobody is lives on an island by themselves. You know, you're working the only industry that seems really by themselves and they still connect with other people are technology people. They're mostly on you know, wires and coding and writing, but then you still need to connect with other people to learn that. So finding your tribe is a skill set. And like, how do you find your tribe? Where do you go? What are the like minds like meet up when those started? I thought that was brilliant because like all the people that like watching birds, all the people who really like blue morph butterflies, all the people that, you know, want to watch the monarch butterflies hatch somewhere, you know, literally pinpointing you love a certain thing. There's somebody else out there that loves that thing. And But some of it, since I started, you know, one thing I said earlier is like, I believe in you, is believing you're not alone. We say it all the time, but almost all the time something happens, we feel like I'm the only one this has happened to. And even as we talked about with that tragedy, it's like, I know I'm not the only one. And even though I don't know any other parents of color that have experienced this, I know I'm not the only one. So. That means they're not talking about it. So I need to talk about it. And and for that person, you know, if I like, I don't know that anybody's gonna like me, or they don't feel or I'll be judged by that, I'm a big fan of therapy, talk therapy, art therapy, dance therapy, um, all of it. And, you know, medication or not, medication is a different choices, but connecting to someone that can help you dig deeper and unearth what's been buried because whether you like being alone or not introvert or extrovert or ambivert there's something that fills your soul you know that person might be the composer that might be the person that's going to write some phenomenal uh, soundtrack or concerto because they feel so deeply and their feelings come out as musical notes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's finding your thing. Because each, each and every one of us was blessed with a thing or 10, and it's getting to that. So that insular person is like, they may be afraid of their power. They may be fearful of how they'd be perceived, but, you know, leaning into their power and finding their tribe. I've got a small tribe and I connect with most of them locally and internationally, but connecting to your tribe makes a big difference finding your tribe, building community. There's an elder in my community. There was a prayer circle that some friends started. I was in Kenya and they were in different states uh, in the US. And one of the elders in that circle, she'd say, pray and move your feet. I'm like, yes, ma'am. So you move, there's an energetic action, a physical action to unearth and find that thing. Your blessing might be buried in your body. And when something happens, even if I don't always agree with this statement, people tell you, shake it off, you know, jump in different religious beliefs. You you have to immerse yourself in something like baptisms. Some places you are fully immersed in water. So there's something you have to do. I pulled up one of the quotes from my book, and it's a W. Clement Stone quote. It goes, thinking will not overcome fear but action will. Thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. 20 years from now, you could be talking about the same thing. You could take 10 steps forward or you could take 20 steps forward or you could sit in one place. Even if we talk about the parable of the talents, right? Are you burying all your blessings or are you sharing them with the community, but really pouring into yourself so you feel empowered that I do have this thing and it is beautiful. And I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So if Nia doesn't think it's beautiful, Deb might. And if they don't think it's beautiful, John might or Mary, or there's there's someone. Once we believe this thing is so important to me, it'll be important to somebody else. And that is the truth. You could be shopping even.
1: You're on the rack and you passed all these things that somebody else is like, oh, look what I got. If it's in you, it exists somewhere else. Yeah. It exists somewhere else. Yeah,
2: Everything old is new again, right? Like, it's like, okay, I'm listening to music, I you know, teaching yoga. So I'm always in the process of culling music and creating playlists. And it's been fascinating listening to old classics, classic standards that we've heard from Nina Simone, um, Ella Fitzgerald, and, and how people are remixing them. So there's different sound in the background. And like okay, so we get to hear these standards, hear Billie Holiday, and go like, oh, I like how they remixed that. So it's it's a remix, you know. I remember the eight track cassette tapes that were humongous to the cassette tapes, and now you know to CDs, and now there's no more things. It's on your phone, mm-hmm. and if your phone fits in your pocket. It's not the big thing on your desk. It's a constant process of transformation.
1: You know, it doesn't that that sometimes is what stops? many of us sometimes it's a releasing what was so that mm. you can embrace what is right
2: i'm hearing that in a lot of what you're saying and giving it a special place because from the initial tragedy that was my transformation because i do say my daughter's death gave birth to who i am now you give it a special place you honor it there's there's an altar you walk in certain restaurants of different cultures there's a little special place honoring something or someone or whatever they believe in, whether it's a Buddhist thing or a Christian thing or whatever they believe in, there's a special place. So you don't necessarily have to let it go entirely. You can find a special place for it. Everybody's got something they don't really want anybody to touch. Okay, I have this special thing. I have this special book. I'm gonna put it on a shelf so I can see it. I know it's there if I need it, but I can still move on and try something else because I still have my thing, whatever that is. I love Peanuts classics. So I think of Linus and Linus and his blanket, you know, like he has his blanket. I'm going to go off and do something. I'll put, I'm going to put the blanket down, but I know it's going to be there when I come back. (laughs) Whatever that thing is, you're building that safe place. It's like, you're building your heart, creating that expanse, um, your, your courage muscle when it's like, okay, this is special to me. And a lot of different talks. I have two Elmos that were my daughters. I am 55 years old. I will wear an Elmo hat. Mm -hmm. I will have this Elmo doll. And it's a different way of, I'm like, like, little kids will look at me and I'm like, yep, it's an Elmo hat. Mm -hmm." And it makes me happy. And I have to be okay that to somebody else, it might look irrational. It might look immature that there is an adult Wearing something that is for children um, by popular belief. But I was like, it still brings me joy. And even I did it one year and different people, even one friend was having surgery and I was meeting her at the hospital and she literally in her text message to me said, could you wear the Elmo hat? It makes me happy when you wear the Elmo hat. And I'm like, I will absolutely wear the Elmo hat.
1: The child inside of us, needs to be released a little bit more, I think, because we got so serious. We're taking ourselves so seriously. We believe we figured it all out. We have the wonder and magic of the child in us. It allows us to access so much more. So you'd be in your Elmo hat. I
2: wear a poo jacket. Yes, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and I need a And Christopher I say, Robin.
1: Yes, yes. It allows us to remember that our bodies may change, but that spirit in us, you know, children are wiser than people sometimes want to believe they are. I'm thinking of what your daughter wrote. We hope our children have that kind of insight, the ability to critically think at that level. Sometimes it kind of comes back and smacks us, but it's really true because they'll hold us accountable as well. But that she Mm -hmm. left those words for you as a charge. So are you going to come with me or are you going to go forward? Right. Tell my story. Mm -hmm. I love her.
2: Oh God, yeah! Everybody knows that child. I've made sure she lives. It's been it's been almost twelve years. Uh, this year she would be twenty seven, and she died at fifteen. But I talk about her and keeping those memories alive. I say all of my dead. I love talking about my grandmother, and I cook in some of her pots. And when I set the table, the table I'm sitting at right now, I have her lace tablecloth on. You keep a part of it alive. So yes, when you talk about this, we're afraid of letting go. Well, you can hold on, find what's the most important part, that memory, that essence of them. So every time I cook, every time I sit down to eat, I'm bringing some essence of my grandmother with me. When I step out and I do something that seems a little scary, I'm like, all right, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm keeping my daughter alive. There's, There's just some aspect of it that you can experience joyfully. You can experience it in joy. I do like meditating. I actually got into that habit from one of my dance teachers, my earlier African dance teachers. And there's a particular guru, Sadhguru, and his quote I included in a presentation I did recently. And I think it'll land for both of you. To be joyful is the best thing you can do for yourself and all around you. Joyful human beings naturally strive to create well being for everyone. May you know the fulfillment of making all you touch joyful. It's such a high charge. It's such an important charge. And it gives you, me, us, permission to do better for ourselves because we're healing the world as we heal ourselves, as we allow ourselves to be happy, as we give ourselves permission to be happy as we fully accept and receive that joy is our birthright. I don't think we think enough about it. And I do know some people like this. They feel that
1: somehow it is spiritually superior to suffer.
2: Yeah. And that there is that aspect. I agree with that. And I've had that conversation with another friend and yes, there have been some energetic things that are negative that have happened in the world based on, spiritual ascendance and poverty and there's certain sort of, um, who did I work with? Walter Manley. uh, The redemptive value of suffering, that's what he called it. And it was a certain aspect he felt that we were taught during um, the enslaved times when we were taught, we, speaking of people of African descent, were taught certain Christian tenets and the belief that it was okay to suffer here because when we die, the streets were going to be paved with gold. And he gave all these different examples from his research. And we talked about the redemptive value of suffering. And he's like, but how about acknowledging that it can be wonderful here and it can be wonderful there. We can see, I'm in New York and just in the cement, sometimes it does look like it sparkles. It does look like there's glitter in it. Sand shines. It's like, okay, there is gold. There is glitter. This stuff exists in this realm. Suffering does not have to be a choice. And there's a, I don't remember it, but there's a phenomenal quote about that. And in one of the yoga practices I teach, it is challenging and the external, preparing you for life, the external situation is challenging. So it could be a heated room. um, It could be high humidity. It could be the combination of a heated room and high humidity and challenging poses or moving at a pace that's uncomfortable. Because when you can create a level of success in one finite situation, it gives you the ability to believe you can create that level of success in a different environment. If I can do this one thing on my yoga mat or on my dance place or on my bicycle, whatever that thing is for someone, then maybe I can do that other thing. You know, if I could leave corporate America and become a yoga teacher and take care of my family and continue to pay my mortgage, maybe I can write a book. Maybe I can travel and teach. Maybe maybe all things are possible with belief and effort. Maybe transformation is possible because we're also taught that once you've decided a thing, that's your thing. And it's like, but I can change it. I can change my mind. I, yeah, I did decide that accounting was the degree I wanted. And I was going into financial services. I I actually was going to do something different. And I had my first child and I said, well, I should do this thing because this is what's on the table. And I actually did enjoy so many. There are friends I have today that I met when I was at Morgan Stanley and I started there in 1994. But I could try a different experience. And if we look at so many spiritual masters, They walked many paths. Well, we change, right? Yes. You're not wearing
1: the same clothes you wore in high school. Even if they fit, you're (laughs) not wearing those because it doesn't fit you anymore. But we're so much more hesitant to change what we do and how we show up in the world. We don't Mm -hmm. see that. it's,
2: It's so intangible. And change is a constant in life. There's so much with the Octavia Butler books and um, change is, uh, she wrote about how change is God. It was one of her characters in the book, but there were so many jewels in these books. There are constant seminars and teachings and webinars about them saying change is the only constant in life. So when you can accept change and it's like, okay, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be okay. Because as you said, we all change. So, and if you've changed, another word for change is transformation. So all things change, all things transform. So transformation is possible. The trees die, the leaves go away, and then they come back. If you're a gardener, you watch this cycle of life happen all the time, that there are things you plant and then they they hibernate during the winter and then they bloom again or the christmas cactus that blooms at other times there's so many examples that change is constant and transformation is possible that we just have to mirror nature the sun goes up and the sun goes down the moon rises the moon set the moon has so many different phases so as we connect with nature and connect with ourselves there are innumerable paths to joy but starting with breath and movement and hydration like some basic tenets and knowing yourself. When you know yourself, having a short list, I love saying five things. You want to have a handful of things to make things manageable. So it's like, all right, I need to change my clothes. I need to go outside, have a healthy meal, whatever the things are, have your list of your go-to. Your warm, fuzzy list was what uh, Jack Canfield used to call it. And this is back in the Manila folder day in the draw. I'd have a file folder of a card that somebody gave me that had an inspiring poem in it or an email that a client sent that like a testimonial that it was like just a file of things that make you happy when it's like, oh, I really don't know at that point in time. Well, we have good days. We have bad days when you're just like, I don't know that I made the right decision. I don't I'm not thinking clearly. And at some point you go down a rabbit hole, then all of a sudden you're a bad person. You went from, I'm having a bad day to I'm a bad person. (laughs) And no one likes me. (laughs) Right. Yes. You have those warm fuzzies. What are those things that remind you the essence of you is? Is it a flower? Is it a book? Is it a quote? What do I need to do to ground and find that part of me that's safe and protected? That part of you that you put up on the shelf so you could pull it down. Is it a picture of you when you were six years old so you could look at that inner child and go, oh, she was so happy then. What can I do to make her happy? That little girl liked dancing. We need to have a private dance party. We're going to turn the music on and we're going to dance. You know, people love singing in the shower. Sing as loud, loud and strong off note in the shower, but it feels good. Mm -hmm. That reckless abandon and freedom. Making a joyful noise. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Make a
1: joyful noise. Do you think, do we make a decision that we're going to be in joy or do we find joy and then that allows us to transform? How does
2: it typically happen? I'm circling my fingers around each other because it's a constant process. Like another quote that I loved and it's a conversation I do seem to be hardwired this way, but another one of the quotes that I started my book with was to participate joyfully in the sorrows of the world. We cannot cure the world of sorrows, but we can choose to live in joy. And that's a Joseph Campbell quote. And that was where I first saw we can choose to live in joy. And that was a mind-blowing combustible moment for me. It was like, I can choose this? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't It doesn't come from me making a million dollars. It doesn't come from someone loving me and doting on me. I can make a choice. And then the fact that it says there are sorrows in the world. So things can be bad and I can still be happy. It was just like, I got permission for this. Like, it had been a lifelong goal of mine anyhow in the first chapter in the book. People would ask me as a child, ask me as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like happy. Well, what do you want to be happy? And it's like, but well, what do you want to do with well, that? Well, um, I don't know, do? but I could be a teacher. I could be, there's all these things I can be, but I want to be happy. I didn't get being and being and doing. So I was like, oh, well, you want to know what I want to do. I want to grow up. Okay. I could be a teacher. And that part of things are sad my absolutely, my daughter dying was devastating and sad. I could not have put this many words together at that point in time, but I got to spend 15 amazing years with her. I got to pour into her and she got to pour into me. So there was still something fabulous. My grandmother died at 94 and I got to experience those years with her. She knew me. So like, there's an experience that I was able to participate in and there were sad parts in it. You know, parenting, being a granddaughter, it's not always joy-filled, but I can choose to focus on the positive. We're choosing our experience. But we are also inspired by external experiences. So somebody walks down the block and they smile and it brings joy to you, right? Right. You see something, you allow yourself to watch. You take the same walk each day and you notice the flowers blooming. Like there were no leaves and then there are leaves and then there's a flower. And it's like, you see it and it inspires joy in you. So that's why I have my hands circling, my fingers circling around each other because there are these moments where I'm sad and then I walk into a situation and then something happens and it inspires joy in me. And then I can share that joy with someone else. And there was recently a moment where I needed to go teach. And I was in a moment of, uh, and like I, I said, you know what? I need this. This is going to be what I need. It's co-transformational. I come and share vulnerably how I am. Like I was having a rough day. This happened. I was waiting for a package. I lost something. This broke. But being here with you all has inspired me to do better and be better. Joy. we're communal it's contagious <laughs> it is <laughs> it is like in new york getting on the train i can't speak for anybody else but let there be a toddler laughing if that isn't the most joyful noise their entire bodies in it and when people post that and you just hear the see the smile of new life or the laughter of new life and the awe and wonder when they realize they have fingers and toes and they move it's like Oh my God. I'm like, that baby is right. My body is amazing. People have had knee replacements. Like that's amazing. Even if it feels horrible and painful and you're going through something, just the fact that we have improved as a society and medically inclined that somebody could replace a knee, a hip. Yeah. You can get a whole new leg. Like, wow. Wow. I think sometimes there's this treadmill, like most of us uh, have had pets at some point in our life where you were in a classroom with pets and you see the ferret or the hamster, the hamster on the treadmill, like they're not going anywhere, but they keep running. That's their journey. We have no idea what their thought is, but they keep moving. Nia talked about that earlier in which I was like, movement is so much a part of it. Movement's a part of life. The planet that we're on is moving.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't feel it moving but that is what life is. The cells in our body are constantly regenerating themselves. Like we're a whole new person every seven years because all these cells have been regenerated. So there's all this energy of movement as we learn from and connect to nature. And like, what, what are your tenants? Like, what's that special thing about you? I know mine is joy and peace and acceptance. And that very clear, even though I can say I'm the queen of acceptance, peace, joy, power, health. Doesn't mean I always like everything, but I can accept, okay, this is what has happened. What can I do about this? How can I feel about this? I can be sad. That is a choice. There's a phenomenal David Parkins poem, I think, that I talk about as well. But I can also choose to live life in joy. I can also choose to do things that someone I've lost can't do. I get to live the life I have not lived, but I get to live the life that they can't live. One of the things I'm doing this year, my daughter always said to me that she was going with her first job, when she made enough money, she was going to send me on a trip first class, that we were going to fly first class because we'd have been traveling since they were infants. And so I'm going on a trip in September, and I told the travel agent, it's a cruise, and it's a cruise to Alaska welcome. You can come. It's a cruise (laughs) to Alaska. I don't think we're up to 20 people yet, but they're like 16 of us. And I was like, when I fly to Seattle to get on that boat, I'm flying first class. And that will be my gift to myself from my daughter. And it's like, I get ideas. Writing the book was a dedication. She was the writer. I wasn't the writer. I was like, she didn't get to publish her book. I can publish a book. It's not going to be her book, but It'll be my book, but there are things that she didn't live long enough to do that I can do. So she's inspiring more things, yeah, for you to do.
1: So if somebody is not, you know, you found your way, you're now helping other people, what would you say three to five things, if you were limited to that, that they would need to do to move from that space, from just surviving, I'm just Mm. getting through, Mm. to thriving? Thank you for that.
2: The first thing that came in my mind was what I started with and just we're alive and we're alive because we have the breath of life and to stop, drop and breathe, like literally stop what you're doing, drop into a seat and breathe, connect to your breath for one minute. You could set a timer for one minute and just breathe. And when you open your eyes and look to your right and left, that gives you a little bit more clarity in your head to see what's going on around you. And then acknowledging what it is, naming it. I know there's a belief in thinking positively, neuro-linguistic programming. So you may not want to say some things that are negative, but sometimes, girl, you got to call a thing a thing. And like, I'm sad. I'm sad. I don't like my life. I don't like my body. I don't like being single. I I don't like this midsection. I just want to get rid of it. Call a thing a thing and when you speak it, the universe hears you and will answer. It was like, "Well, you know you could do that." Like, really? Oh. I could go for a walk, but if you're just saying, "No, I'm fine. Everything's great." You know, no, no, no. I like, you know, I'm just going to go shopping. I'm going to get some new clothes, but inside you're like, "Damn. I don't like this." So, naming a thing, calling a thing cuz you can't You can't, we can't, I can't get a solution if you don't acknowledge there's a problem. So true. So Jen, then if you're not ready to go public with this, if this is talking out loud in the bathroom, in the shower, wherever you have privacy, then another private space that I love is journaling. You know, write it out, sit down and it's like, I'm sad. Where do I feel it? It's in my heart. My throat is tight. My stomach is hurt. I want to cry. I feel all this in my body and I don't want to feel this way anymore. So you, you breathe, you name it, call a thing a thing and figure out how you're going to move this thing. Because now that you found it in your body and you named it, getting it out of your body. So now you move this into another place. So you can take it out of your body by writing it down. You can write it down, you can rip it up, you can burn it, you can drown it, you can whatever it is, but get it out of your body and then acknowledge, I won't always feel this way. I can feel differently. I deserve to feel differently. Affirmations and mirror work, I think are magic. So again, stop, drop, and breathe. You connect to your breath. You name a thing. You get it out of your body by naming the thing, writing it down, and getting rid of it. And then now that you got rid of it, what are you going to replace it with? The affirmations. So to say to yourself, I believe in you to look in the mirror. And sometimes it's hard for people to look in the mirror and look in their own eyes. But the list of affirmations that I gave in the book are, I love me, I am whole. So getting rid of that thing of like, I'm looking for my better half. Single people will say like, my better half, my other half. No, I'm whole. So when I go into a relation, I'm bringing my whole me into that. So I love me, I am whole, I am happy. Now, this one people will fight me on because if you're miserable and you're saying you're happy, <laughs> it feels disingenuous. But once you say it, your body needs to hear it and try it on. And even if it's fighting you on it and you say, I'm happy, and your body's like, no, girl, I'm not. <laughs> what are you talking about? You say it enough times, you know, by the end, you say, I am happy. And you don't hear another voice pop up going, no, you're like, you're oh, oh, I'm happy. Like, when did that happen? How did that happen? You're putting one foot in front of the other. You're continuing this journey towards happiness. You're identifying it as a destination and taking the action steps to get there. And once you get there, there's a next one, a next point to say, I am one with the universe. Like we are these tiny particles, a part of something so much bigger that we want to align to and connect with that. I am worthy. I am lovable. I accept help with grace. That's a whole nother conversation. I accept help with grace. I receive love with ease. You know, somebody's like, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, no, girl. No, I'm not. Oh, you look so great. This whole thing, you know, I got this. I pulled this out of the goodwill bin for 99 cents. Just say thank you. Receive love with grace. And ultimately, my favorite affirmation, I am a glorious work in progress. Mm, Love that. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm still learning and living and growing and excited. And like you claim, claiming all of it. There's so many aspects of who we are and acknowledging your inner child. Like that's going to, after the affirmations to look back at little you and talk to little you, whether it's teenage you, young adult you, My favorite is five-year-old me. Five-year-old Dion is the most joyful human being on the planet and school age, like nine. I was a sickly kid. Fevers started at 104. My mother was like strep throat in the hospital, on the bed, on ice. We got to go to school and take a picture because I got to be in the school pictures. You know, if I'm not in the picture, I wasn't there. Like, really? God bless my mother. She was able to put up with me. Love her. But it was like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's so I don't think I have it up on my refrigerator now. My son, my oldest son probably took it because it was his favorite picture of me. And I have the biggest smile on my face. And I was like, Yeah, we took that right before we went to the emergency room because I was sick. <laughs> but you were in joy. That's it. But That's you it. Were in joy. Sick all the time. My mother had to be my teacher because I was homesick. And she was like, okay, before right before the pandemic, homeschooling was your sick child at home. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right, she got homework. We're going to do this. You're not going to go back to school and be behind because that's we're not doing that. But yeah. So those things, breathing, stop, drop, and breathe, right? Call a thing a thing, name it. Get it out of your body by either writing it down, journaling it, singing it, and getting rid of it. Remove it from you. Affirmations. Replace it with something else. Pour the affirmations into yourself and all of that. And you're doing this regularly. Maybe you're not doing everything every day, but find your inner child. That last part, however it is, like even I'm dating and I'm like, how old is I already identified his inner child? I was like, his inner child is around 10. 10. And he said, I said nine, 10, and or I think I said 11. And he was like, no, nah, he's 10. I was like, you just want to be the boss of me because I'm five. You know? <laughs> so we're both over 50, but I'm a five-year-old and he's the 10-year-old. And you could go around and be like that. I'm just, we just the music is playing. I'm just going to dance. You're going to sit there. It's like, what you dancing to? The music in my head. All right, word. Joy oh is God. your birthright. Transformation is possible. And you just look for it and it'll find you. Once you decide you deserve it and realize you're worthy. And it's like, you know what? there's no other person out there like me. I have nephews that are twins and they're identical, but they're not the same person. So how special was it that when we were created, we were that unique? That makes you special. That makes me special. So there's all these things that we might have to spend a little bit more time acknowledging. You could put them affirmations up on your mirror. Write it in your own handwriting. My favorite that I have on my desk says, I'm doing the best I can, and that is enough. And I needed to hear me say it to myself. So I wrote it all caps on a rectangular note thing with a butterfly on it. I am doing the best I can, and that is enough. And I keep it on my desk when I'm working to make sure when I'm like, all right, this is it for now. And that's enough. That was my best. It was enough. And you were enough. ashe You know, some might say I'm too much, but
1: hey. <laughs> but we don't listen to them. No, I'm just right. <laughs> we're staying in our bubble. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can people get in touch with you if they want to live more, enjoy, and move through the Dion effect?
2: <laughs> yeah, how can they do that? You know, it was one of my coworkers that came up with that. We'd go somewhere. We worked together at JPMorgan Chase. And we go somewhere, we do something. And she's like, oh, so-and-so, we just got two drinks. They offered us drinks. She's like, the Dion effect. You just walked in and sat down and somebody sent us drinks because we look happy. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's like, the Dion effect. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this kept happening. We're in New Orleans. the Dion- I'm like, okay, girl, you're right. The Dion effect. <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. You saw it. I couldn't see it. My website is there. So going to the website, Joyous Ocean. Even if you use my name, Dion C. Monsanto, it'll point to my website, Joyous Ocean. And on Joyous Ocean, there are different aspects of what I'm doing. There are videos there. There are meditations there. You can set up time to chat with me. So everything is there on the website. Book sales are there. And yes, there you can buy them online, but if you buy them for me, I autograph them and mail them out. And even when you get the book, if you buy it, even Kindle or ebook or any of that in there, all the contact information. I am on LinkedIn, Instagram by my name, Dion C. Monsanto, and Facebook and Twitter. So there's so many ways. And I absolutely respond to all of the messages. Well, I do respond to all of the appropriate messages and um, DMs. And emails, even my email address is Dion at JoyousOcean.com. So it comes to me. There's no assistant that are that's reading my emails. So any response is coming directly from me. And I love hearing from my readers. I have um a freebie. It's it's a yoga flow. It's a it's a great 10-minute yoga flow to lift your mood. Cause sometimes you wake up and you don't want to get up, but it's just a little, a little 10-15 minute flow you can do from your bed as soon as you put your feet on the floor. So it's Not, I got to get dressed for yoga. It's a mood lift flow that I created that you can do from bed. You stand up and then you go to the bathroom, brush your teeth and start your day. But just something to get your body moving in a little way. And that's my gift to the community that's listening to Real Talk with Deb and Nia. Thank you. um, Yeah, it's it's been helpful. Yeah, the graphic designer did a really good job. I'm looking at these pictures like, wow, you made me look good. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna spank you. You look gorgeous (laughs) because you are. (laughs) It's just funny. It's, you know, all the gifts the gods would give us to see ourselves as others see us. Yes, And I have one friend, uh, she's in Bermuda and in our, that's where she's from. And when we were traveling and teaching in Kenya, watching her and how people were affected by her presence and her smile and her dance was the first time I was able to see how people see me. Cause I looked at her going, oh my God, look at her smile. Look at her skin. That is such magic. And then I'm like, oh, Oh, and that was only, I don't know, within the past five, six years that I met her. So I was like, oh, I can see what other people see. And so even when I look at pictures of me, I was like, is that really me? It's like, that person looks good. Wow.
0: Okay. She
2: looks like she's having fun, right? Right. I want a piece of that. And I I mean, and that's even what one of my most, my most recent client came from a speaking event and she was like to hear your story and to see you and to know that that's possible. I was like, it is a journey and it is work, but you're worth it. And if you're not going to work for your happiness, who's going to work for your happiness? This is true. It's an inside out game. And if we
1: do not do it, who's coming to do us for us? That part. Yeah. So we're going to start with the freebie. <laughs> okay. Those, those few minutes before our feet hit the floor. We do need something to start our day. It sets the tone for the rest of the day.
2: Yeah. So that that's a treasure. And if they do get the book online, because it's the ebook version, because sometimes I'll look for affirmations on my book to open one up and see what you get. Because what I get most comments from my readers is that they get the book, because I suggest just put it to your heart and see what message you're supposed to get and open it. And uh, closing with you, I opened, and what I got for us is, quote, 70, Amaya Angelou quote, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. That's
1: a perfect quote for going from surviving to thriving. So it's one foot in front of the other, doing your best one day at a time, taking in this new information. And when you know better, you'll do better and you'll transform and you won't be said, girl, I'm surviving. You'll say, girl, I am thriving. Yeah. And then you'll be able to lead someone else by your example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to chat with us.
2: It's done. Yes.
0: Yes, it has been. It's been a joyful
1: experience.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are in joy. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for that, Nia.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. Oh my goodness. No, it's been a blessing. And Mm -hmm. it has really been a really great kind of of gem in this journey. So thank you for sharing your magic. It was perfectly
1: positioned [SSSS1] in our series. [SSS1] Divine timing and intention yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is what we do we say oh yeah. you know we're trusting that the right things the right people right timing is always coming and it has not failed us yet yeah. it yeah. really has yeah. So, thanks for being part of that flow.
2: Yeah, well, I'm enjoying it. And I um, like, even when I told um, the team that I work with, I was like, All right, what freebie should I give them? Because I have a few. And it was like, I vote with the mood lift. I was like, All right. And again, when you said surviving to thriving, the mood lift is that just a little movement, like anything. I think I have it on there. It's like, you don't have to do all of it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And thank you, our audience, for joining us this day. As always, all of these resources and the way to get in touch with Dion will be on our website. And that's where you'll find her. And the freebie, yes. Mood Lift. That's Our our morning routine is getting bigger and bigger. We keep adding things. <laughs> because it was only all- supposed to be an hour. Now it's like an hour and a half. So, so. maybe we need a night routine. Maybe that, that might help. We gotta spread this stuff out. Anyway, remember to click that subscribe button if you are enjoying these conversations on whatever podcast streaming platform you're on. And if you've got five seconds to spare, Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or I guess not everybody's doing a rating system. Spotify didn't used to, but now it is. So if you are a listener on Spotify, press those stars. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and also remember to like and follow us on our social medias at RealtalkDN. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook um, and TikTok. Yeah. yep.
1: Yeah. And so everything else is going to be on our website. I just said that. Did you say that? I was going to give the name. www.realtalkwithdevandnia.com and that's all for today we'll see you next week where we'll continue to have more amazing discussions incredible enlightenment on surviving to thriving thanks for joining us today see you next time Real Talk with Deb and Nia can be found on Spotify Apple Podcast and on Google Podcast you can also check out our YouTube channel and make sure to follow us on Facebook,
0: Instagram, and Twitter at RealtalkDN. See you next time.